thank you, Carolyn, for leading us in worship today. And one of the things that I really enjoy as I come back to Martha Bowman Church uh, is the fact that we really believe in the priesthood of all believers and that all of us are called by God to serve, not just in ordained ministry, but as a general ministry uh, for the work of Christ. And so I'm grateful for the assistance that I have, not only in worship, but also uh, helping in leading the church. Well, let me ask you a question. In fact, a couple of questions this morning. And it has to do with control. Do you always... Let me ask you like this. Do you believe you are always the one who knows best? Uh, do you come unglued... Do you freak out when things don't go your way? Uh, do you find yourself wanting to correct others around you most all the time? Well, could you have some control problems? We'll talk about that. As we wrap up this series titled Five Lies, and I, I want to share with you the response has been tremendous. And, and we as a pastoral staff, John and Anthony and I, have really enjoyed delving into the scripture and unpacking some of these lies uh, that Satan has presented to us and, and duped us into believing. And, and as we've looked at those, we've, we've been able to affirm some truths. Uh, I'm the only one struggling. We recognize that Christ comes along with us, along with those that are sitting in the pews around us. And so we do not struggle alone. The lie was, I'm the only one struggling, or I can't change. And we realize that change comes, and it's a possibility, but it takes uh, others helping us, and it takes the supernatural power of Christ working in us. And that I'm a failure. And we, we, we talked about how we may have failed but that doesn't make us a failure, and that Christ can take all things, good and bad, and make us better. And then last week, uh, in here in the sanctuary, Anthony did a great job talking about the lie of, I don't need religion. And the bottom line is, we, we have our idols. And what we want to do is focus on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, today, we're taking a look at the lie, I am in control. And control issues. Why do we have them? Great question. And I'm having a control issue with my microphone. Uh, and I'm about to throw it out the window. But hey, I'm not freaking out. Um, part of the reason is ego or esteem issues. <coughs> that come into play. How many of us struggle because maybe we have a wrong understanding of ourselves. There are those times when we have too low of an opinion of ourselves, and then there are those times when we have too high of an opinion of ourselves. And it gets confusing for us because we're not sure how we ought to act or who we're supposed to be. And so continuing with our survey, I, I want to ask you, how many of you, in some area of your life, you really like to have control? You really do. You need to be in control. Now, if you're nudging someone, 
That may mean that there may be some truth in the fact that the person next to you is a control freak, but it may be in the very fact that you've nudged them that you've got some control issues. And so this message may be for you. Everyone attempts to have control in some area of one's life. Maybe for you it's the need to have control at work. But the house is a mess. Or some may need to know where every penny is spent. Some of us are control freaks when it comes to money, maybe in a marriage. Uh, I know one guy that is, I mean, he knows every dime that is spent and where it goes. But if you look at his kids, they run wild. <laughs> and so in one category, he's all over it. In another category, he's laissez-faire. In marriage, sometimes there can be control issues. I think about one, uh, one guy I know, uh, not to be stereotypic, but he, he says that for his wife, the kitchen is a, is a, a very holy space. It's a, it's a place where... Um, there are rules, and then there are rules about rules, and, 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 and you know it's just it's it's certain things are off limits, and if you don't do certain things right, there's penalty. And, and he says for him, it has to do with the remote control. You don't touch that remote control. And, and so in our relationships, we have maybe categories of control, and everybody has some issues related to this, whether it's explicit or implicit. And it has to do with our ego. Pride entering into the picture. I like what one person described as an acronym for ego, edging God out. It's when we say, I know what's right, and I'm not necessarily going to put God in the equation. And part of it has to do with the cycle of fear. What do I mean by that? The more we attempt to be obsessively in control of something, the more we fear we're losing something. And many times we control because we're afraid. Maybe we're afraid of failure. What, what is it that we, we want to control? Well, there's a couple of categories, and I encourage you to look at your message notes with me. One is we, we attempt to control people. You've heard the phrase, God loves you and he has a plan for your life, right? You've heard that. And that's true. I like to use this when I'm recruiting people, when I'm delegating a responsibility. I like to say, God loves you, and I have a plan for your life. <laughs> uh, sometimes we're obsessed with wanting to control, and we begin to manipulate, we begin to bribe, we begin to coerce, we, we, we offer rewards, we withhold rewards, 
we become passive aggressive or just downright aggressive in our behavior. It may have to do with coworkers, it may be our family, it may even be church members. Now I want to be honest with you, I want to pull back the curtain just a little bit. This is my 26th year of ministry, pastoral ministry. And the Lord has worked with me on issues of control. In, in some respects, I'm a recovering control freak. I really am. And, and, and part of that comes out of my perfectionistic personality. And God has helped me with that, to lighten up a little bit. But part of it was that I had such an ego in ministry, I always thought I had the right answer every time. And, and I would come to committee meetings with that mentality. And I, I want you to know God in His grace and His mercy has worked with me. I still reserve pastor's privilege to weigh in. I, I still feel like it's important to share my perspective. But one of the beautiful things that God has shared with me is that He works through a collective body. And there is collective wisdom. And I am thankful today for some of the lay people <clears throat> sharing their opinions and maybe even their disagreement with where I was on a particular issue because it saved me a lot of heartache. And it may have saved some of the churches I served. So I've been honest with you. So when I share my opinion, I don't want you to call me out and say, now, that's an issue with Tim, with Tim. Tim, you're, you're trying to control. No, I'm just sharing with you that in the midst of my transformation, I've realized more that I need to give God We try to control people. We try to control circumstances, don't we? We, we want our bodies to look perfect. We want our homes to look just right when someone walks in. We want our kids to be perfect, representing us well. Uh, we want to control the future. And what happens is when we become obsessive, now I'm not saying advocate leadership, and I'm not saying we shouldn't influence folks. But what I am saying is when we become so obsessive in trying to, to control the outcome of everything, that control then becomes chaos. I think of the story of Abram and Sarai, whose names would eventually change in the Old Testament, to Abraham and Sarah. And they were the beneficiaries of a covenant from God. God said, I'm going to bless you. And then you're going to become a blessing to others. And, you, and Abraham, you're going to be a father of many, many people, of a whole nation. And they're going to refer to you as the patriarch. And Sarah, who was barren, loved that blessing from God that was proclaimed, but she became impatient. And so what happened was she grew weary, I wanted to have children. And so she said, Abram, 
Abraham, I want you to take Hagar. I want you to sleep with her. And maybe we can have this nation this way. For I cannot have children. She ran ahead of God. And, and what happened was Ishmael was born. Now they eventually were able to be blessed with Isaac. But to this day, in the Middle East, the tribe of Ishmael and the tribe of Isaac are constantly at battle. But there's an ongoing chaos. And chaos comes when we seek to have control, even in the process, when we run ahead of God, obsessing control. What is it in your life? Maybe it's that we've tried to <clears throat> control our grown children, and, and, and we're not allowing them to move from adolescence to adulthood. And we need to finally let it go. Or, or maybe, maybe it has to do with the affections of someone. I remember a woman who her husband was unfaithful and he walked away from the marriage and she longed for his affections. And one of the things I said to her is, you can't make him love you. You can't make him do that. And, and the person that has an addiction, we can't make them want to be healthy. They've got to choose that for themselves. We can't control that in their lives. Now we can encourage them, and we can lay out some opportunities, but bottom line, we cannot control them. You know, I, I, I think about in my own life, and I shared with you related to pastoral ministry, but there was one category in my marriage where I learned that I needed to give Dewey some discretion and not control. Smart of me, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, the reality was this. My friend, I shared the, the, the issue with my friend, the confidant. And he said, you know what, Tim? Dewey does not get to choose what house she lives in, although it's a beautiful home that we live in. And she doesn't get to choose what town she lives in. We love Middle Georgia. And she doesn't get to choose what church she attends. And she doesn't even get to choose what preacher she's going to be. <laughs> and so I think I'd give her this one. You might want to let her have this one. You know, it's interesting the word compromise, this isn't in my notes, but the word compromise seems to be a better word than control. Now in the Garden of Eden, as Carolyn read for us, we have that scene, and it's a powerful scene, where the serpent is deceptive. And that's why we call these five lives. And the, the, the serpent is deceptive and says, you know, while God may have said you will die, you're not going to die. If you eat of the fruit, you will not surely die. 
for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open. We call that innocence lost. It was a moment where paradise was lost. And here's the line that is significant in the scripture. The serpent says, and you, get this, you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. But, but I think that's the issue when it comes uh, to control and buying and being duped by the lie, I am in control. Part of it comes out of fear. Part of it comes out of pride. Some of it has to do with ego. And, and part of that egotistic mentality is that we really want to be God. <coughs> you will become like God. And so as we look at this focus fallacy, I'm in control, a, a good translation might be, I've got this. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, I've got this. I, I've got this. Or when my children were small and I would try to, to help them, uh, they would say, me do it, Daddy. Me do it. <coughs> it started early. And so we have the garden where Satan is saying, look, if you will partake of this fruit, you will become like God. But then there's another garden that I think takes us to a better place and gives us a better perspective. And that's the Garden of Gethsemane. And you remember that agonizing moment when Jesus was sweating drops of blood. And he said what? Not my will, but yours be done. There was a sense of surrender. So, in your message notes, I invite you to look with me at how we can get to a better place when it comes to issues. When it comes to the lie, I am in control. And the, the translation of that lie is, I've got this, but the truth that confronts the lie is not entirely. Not as much as we'd like to think. And so, how do we move to cooperating with God instead of being obsessively in control? How do we move toward following Jesus as we move forward with the work of the kingdom? Well, a couple of things. One is, resign as the CEO of the universe. <laughs> in other words, we're not in control and we can't control everything. And so quit trying. And, and, and from that, one of the reasons uh, that, that we struggle with this is we, we have a hard time with surrender. And so we need to give it up, as one person said. And trust in the Lord. One of the songs we'll sing conclusion of this service is, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, and I am the clay. Hold me, mold me, and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. I think what the hymnist is saying, the hymn writer, is 
You be the potter, and I'll be the moistened clay. You bring the strength through your hands and through the resistance, and I'll yield and surrender unto you. So the first is to tender your resignation as the CEO of the universe. And the other is to re reply to the invitation to partner with God. Join God in his covenant. You see, Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, they joined, but they weren't patient long enough. And so God is calling us to watch and wait and see and step forward at the right time and reply to this invitation by relinquishing control and letting God lead us where he will. Because I believe that God is calling us to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. We need to move from total control. Get this. We need to move from that mentality of, of having to have total control to absolute trust. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And then finally, to respond to the direction of the Holy Spirit. To look and see where God is at work at joining Him. The great theologian Bono said, Stop asking God to bless what you're doing and get involved in what God is doing because it's already blessed. And so one of the, the blessings of relinquishing control and partnering with God is we get to jump into the stream of God's adventure. And we get to move with the current of what God is already doing. And so we need to look at those opportunities and say, God, where is it that you're blessing? And I want to partner with you in that. And I want you to be in control of the direction and the speed of the current and the great work that you have done. And in 2014, I believe the current is going to be moving briskly for Martha Bone. We have a task force that has been looking, and you'll be hearing from it, on how do we take our existing buildings and better facilitate ministry. And we've decided that the sanctuary needs some addressing, the chancel area. We've decided our children's wing really needs some focus in our, in our youth ministry. And, and looking at landscaping and how can we situate this chapel and, and how can we be more of an inviting church, a hospitable church, a facilitating ministry-based church. But not just within our walls. There's a team that is getting together in a couple of weeks, and, and they're going to be gathering. These are folks that have a, a real passion and heart for, for missions in our community and, and justice ministries. And, and we're gathering together, and we're asking the question, what's already happening? What is already going on? How can we engage in that? How can we be an externally focused church while at the same time getting God's house where it needs to be physically in his physical plans, how can we be 
focused on the needs of our community. And we believe we can do both at the same time. And so the current is moving. And we have an opportunity to jump into that and let God's Holy Spirit take us where He will lead us. So today, as we share in communion, may it be that we pray that prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. Not the one at Eden that was prayed, oh, let me be like God. But the one, Lord, you take charge. This runs against my nature in some ways, but you take charge. And you be God. Your will be done. And as we share in these elements together, may it be that you, you receive these elements and see how Christ surrendered to the plan of the heavenly Father that we might be redeemed. It did not create chaos. It allowed for communion. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit,